Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod! All right, Westside Personalized Podcast uh, is back in the English IMC again today in order to yeah, give me a chance to I'm gonna have a conversation with a good friend, Sarah Shane Rock, uh, who gosh, shared a classroom with me for a while. Her desk is next to mine in the English IMC, but it really just has put up with me um, <laughs> pretty often uh, in her experience here at Westside at, at the high schools, at the middle school formerly. And maybe that's a place to start. We'll kind of open up with, you want to give kind of your backstory in English and this district and education and all that good stuff? Yes. So um, I taught seventh grade for 10 years, and then I taught eighth grade for four years, eighth grade English in a drama class. And then um, I thought, well, you know, I'm getting a little too comfortable, and that's almost a problem um, <laughs> because I'm like, I don't really know what else I can do, you know, here. Mm-hmm. And I loved the middle school, shout out. But then I um, transferred over to the high school. So last year I taught sophomore lit and senior comp. And then this year I teach sophomore lit honors, senior comp, intro to speech, and creative writing. And then next year I'll teach English 3 and add that on to the repertoire. So (laughs) I was looking for a new challenge and um, I got it. So I never thought that I would be in this district like this long. You know, you never think you're going to be at the first place you get hired for years and years, but it's been a really good experience. So long. I remember when I left the middle school, um, I took a picture of every yearbook photo I had and I made an iMovie out of it. And (laughs) it was... I had a person write on my Facebook wall, right? Oh, I was stunned and both delighted when it went from black and white to colored pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm like, it was pretty, it was like, wow. It was like that line from Steel Magnolias, like time marches on and one day you realize it's marched right across your face. Like it was, <laughs> it literally did. It was in succession. Like I thought this would be cool, you know? You had like a Dorothy moment in yeah. Wizard of Oz where all of a sudden you were in color and the. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Right. You know, so it was, that was like a real moment when I recognized like really how long I've been in the district, but there you go. it's been good. Well, in that little intro, um, everything from you saying, you know, I realized that I was too comfortable to all the different topics that you've taught. Uh, that's really the theme of this podcast. Uh, I feel like, or where we're intending on going with it as we get started today is that you're someone who uh, does not like things to get stagnant. That no. likes to dabble in a lot of different uh, things uh, and experiences in classroom practices and uh, and that's really been kind of the story of, of your year here you said a little bit right well with English and especially literature you, you're reading the same books and you have to act like with the kids that you're reading it for the first time dun, dun, too. Dun, really? you know, so they're like can you believe that I'm like, I know I just <laughs> I couldn't believe it you know I remember with like the giver um, when we read the giver in seventh grade I mean they're like I wonder what job Jonas is gonna get I'm like I, you know <laughs> I, I know I'm on the edge of my seat I'm like I've read this book 400 times you know so I'm I think that's part of it is that you have to keep it fresh for you so that you could be excited to mm-hmm. you know teach it and like learn along with them even though you know what's um, going to happen so um, I'm always kind of have my ears perked to hear like <laughs> something new as you well yeah. know I'm like what are you doing what was that what's that idea and I mean when you teach this long you really 
I don't really have this fear of like, well, what if it doesn't go well? Well, then, you know, tweak it, yeah. change it, or like toss it, mm-hmm. get rid of it, you know? So that's been kind of my my philosophy, especially this year. Last year, when like my first year here, I was kind of stunned with the, um, like how much less class time I had. I think yeah. it's, I've ran the numbers, <laughs> and I think it's two hours less a week that wow. I have this Because we have 35-minute class periods for those that... Yeah, that aren't familiar with our system, which you have to be very efficient and you have to be concise and to get everything in that you want uh, and still have fun and do all these other cool things. Everything, yeah. you have to run a pretty pretty smooth ship. And I think I was just so concerned with making sure, like I finished the curriculum part of it, that the like the fun part of it mm-hmm. was kind of not, not in the culture part and the climate part wasn't as much there as I wanted it to be. Sure. And that's something like I've completely changed like this year. I'm like, you can do both. Like, even though it's, we have way less time. Oh, absolutely. So, that was my experience too coming yeah. here was that first year was very much just, all right, line up and just, mm-hmm. yeah, move things to where they need to be for tomorrow to happen. And then, I remember saying to you at the end of last year, I'm like, I'm a lot better than that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, this, you know, not to, but you're like, no, you know, right. like that was, you know, it was a learning curve, sure. Yeah. And like, it's even, you know, it was just anytime you do a new job, as you well know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, you know, growing pains, but I'm like, no, it's got to be better than that. So, well, let's, um, um let's explore maybe three different, and just because I know you, because we're friends. Right. Um, like maybe three ways in which I feel like maybe you um, entertain new ideas uh, and then drew from those, I, I feel like, just in the, what I know about your story, like to put into practice. And so uh, this year, you got a chance with Guru, we'll just kind of name them to begin with and delve into each maybe. Personalized learning, you got to go yeah. through that whole yes. training and, and we've had a lot of chats about that. Sarah was also part of our game of, I'll just call it games and education because it's both gamification and game-based learning that we talked about in the hybrid of the two. So you have to be part of that PLC group, which is a choice PLC group, uh, which you're a rock star in and a leader and we'll talk about that for a little bit. Uh, and then Finally, I just feel like by getting on Twitter for the first time um, is also something that I know that you've really gleaned a lot from. And so uh, let's maybe, since this is a personalized learning podcast, we'll like lead lead with that one. So you got a chance to go through a training. Yes. And? So in the training, they um, ask you... To listen to this guy who's... <laughs> yes. It's a glorious moment for all of us. No, I mean, flexible seating was um, one thing that I was always kind of interested in because we did share a room and just the importance of um, you don't need like the, you know, specific furniture or anything. You could just, you could change and do flexible seating just with classroom desks. Um, I think that's just an important message that teachers know that you can do that just with desks. And Because um, I'm just, sure it drove you nuts that first year whenever I would go. It, like you'd walk in and you'd be like, why are all these desks facing It was the more like I was like, curious yeah. and just, I, I don't, I think it was interesting to me to see that um, you just move the desk based off of like the design you know, with the design of the lesson in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I move the desk every day now, <laughs> every day. You're welcome. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it made you neurotic. And it really does. Way. I mean, it, you realize how key it is to, I mean, it's part of management, but it's just, you know, it helps um, you move through the lessons, you know, the way that you want. So flexible seating was big. And then just giving the kids more options in terms of how they want to be exposed to the material. So like audiobooks, I mean, that's nothing new, but making sure that they have an audio option for reading material I think is now crucial. With 1984, um, I did an audio book for like each 
segment that we read and so they had that as an option but they could use audible and they we did a google form survey at the end of every book unit and half of the students utilized the audio 50 percent in some way shape or form so that was big and i kind of noticed but before you move on to and sarah made the audiobook so that just needs to be said, in case you're like wondering about like we used an audio, you, you created one, which was yes, incredible. It took forever. I have but no doubt. It was, it was worth it when you saw how many, well, you could see the views. 50% of the music. Yeah. yeah. And that kids would email like, when's the audio, you know, going to be available? And that's something I would, ch- I mean, change because. <laughs> so you're like. I was, for, you know, like this was everything that I'm teaching to... this year. Every single lesson has been the first time. And so I had, you know, you have grand ideas and I knew I would get there eventually, but you know time is always kind of an issue but so it's like next year it'll all be pushed out like first Mm -hmm. um instead of like as we go along but you know something i noticed after the training i'm like this is important to get pushed out there yeah the idea that choice um is really at the heart of engagement and becoming an autonomous learner and developing what we oftentimes like think of as soft skills but really more it's it's self-management and the ability to um, navigate some of these tasks with success. I think it's to your point maybe there, right? Mm-hmm. That like, uh, it's not that necessarily students are incapable of um, being successful, but they one, don't always see themselves as learners. They just, they like, know I'm in a subject and I'm good or I'm bad at this subject. And as you ask me to do things, my anxiety levels are gonna go up or down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I understand that being, if I understand that smart is a place to arrive at, um, over a journey rather than just a state of being. Uh, and I start to see the ways in which the choices that I make uh, can help me to get there more efficiently or in a way that I'm more comfortable with than, right? Right, kind of- and, the, and the choices, you know, just, that was something else I experimented with is we had talked about how they should set a goal at the beginning of class like so I had a list of things that they could be you know doing like you know these are the things that you could be working on yeah give the full setup of this right because we had a chance to collaborate and design this out a little bit so we're gonna you're reading through the story they have audiobooks as an option but you also had some other things yeah they had I mean we had many formatives um, along the way but they they also had like kind of like this discussion prep that they could be doing I mean like so we were at a point where they had a bunch of choices of things that they could work on and I knew everyone was in a different spot in the book and that they were a different spot in terms of you know preparing for these discussions and so there was you started off all together yes and then you got to a place which I feel like inevitably English classes get to with a novel is it like yeah people are all reading different like places Mm -hmm. and want to have discussions at different times and Mm -hmm. and so that's where it starts to become personalized in the back half of this right so I had them set a goal of what they thought they could get accomplished you know as a specific like measurable goal in the class period so they set the goal and then with like two three minutes left in class there's a closure piece you know did you meet your goal if not you know why and it was just really interesting reading through the reflection sheets as to why if they didn't meet their goal they didn't meet it so if you're like honestly I I I read 10 pages but then I started looking at pictures at dogs and you know (laughs) and so they they kind of recognize like or kind of almost self-monitoring their behavior you know as well and then they would write things like I'll do better next time you know promise you know those types Mm -hmm. of things and it gave them a visual of you know kind of where they needed to go so I liked the goal sheet a lot. That's, would highly would... recommend that. <laughs> Good. Yes. Me too. I think that that's the heart of yeah. what I think everyone sort of tiptoes into personalized learning with choice at the forefront. But I think in order to empower learners to start to take ownership of that process, 
pieces like that are essential mm -hmm. um, because otherwise that reflection is not happening. You know, the choices are there, but, but how much is that, that choice just creates space for reflection that, that still needs scaffolding and support to help drive it. Right. And I was going to ask you a question. What do you have to say to the naysayers who don't want their kids learning in isolation? Wow, this is the first question that I've been asked in 20-some-odd episodes. Because I was thinking sure, about that. Sure. Like, it, if they say, well, I don't want them learning in isolation, I want it to be, you know, because I want, like, I knew one of my concerns was community and culture mm -hmm. is important to me, and I wanted to make sure that we were connected, like, throughout, like, the process, and I feel like we did that effectively, yeah. but they also had their, you know, choice you know, time as well, so... What would think, you say to a person that said that to you? Like they don't want their kids learning in isolation. You know, even though the, the goal personalized learning is to get to stage two, three with these learners where they're either co-designers of what's going on or, or in complete like ownership of it and driving it um, with you more as like the caddy as the example we sometimes bring up the golf analogy. Uh, I, I think that though in the midst of all that you're still designing because you have standards, you have indicators and you have a direction the class needs to progress through. and regardless of subject area there's there needs to be assignments that on some level require collaboration with other people uh, and i think that by building those assignments in that sort of keeps us be from becoming a study hall <laughs> is the right. way it almost feels when you're in there um, and i think the seating as you mentioned earlier is certainly a big component of that i'm someone you know this because i'm always bugging you all the time like who learns best and processes best by having conversations with other people uh, and i got to vocalize that stuff and get it out and if i have a place where i can sit with three or four folks that are like that that we all can have opportunities where we do you know work together that's great um, i've seen some students be successful in pairs and heard from students as they'll say like if there's more than one person i'll get distracted i'll just talk the whole time um, but I'm someone like, you know, this is speaking from the student standpoint, you know, if you are an individual who doesn't, this tends to be this, this person too, uh, feel comfortable asking questions to, of your teacher. If you have that one go-to friend that you can kind of turn to very briefly and, you know, have that conversation, that's still a climate and culture piece. You know, it, it's, they're quick questions and it's one person, um, but you're still kind of going through an experience together. Uh, and there are times too where it's in your own best interest. I mean, we all know this as adults even, right? We're like, I know we gotta get out of the house, I gotta get away from everybody and I gotta get this thing done. Um, and I think, you know, for some students, the opportunity to do that consistently is, is not a bad thing either. And so, yeah, it just kind of comes down to how do you intentionally make sure that the class doesn't get stagnant? And especially if, you know, if you're gonna ask them to do group stuff, don't put them in groups. Right. <laughs> Let right. them sort of sort some of those things out. And so then there's kind of a whole nother, you know, conversation where I have to go and find out where people are at. And we have to talk about, you know, when and where we're going to um, meet or when to begin these certain things. And um, I, I like all of that, too. And it certainly puts a social ownership on, on the students. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. How do you feel about that? Yeah, this okay. is good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I would say another, I love your contemplative, like, yeah, yeah. I just have to process, slow processor, hashtag slow. Um, <laughs> Whatever. No, I, and then another piece that I liked um, that I, you know, kind of knew I wanted was that there's some more, there's some indicators that are a little more dry <laughs> than others. And I, what? yeah, there was. School can be dry sometimes? Yeah, well, there was one about types of questions. And I'm like, this is, if I teach a lesson on this, this is just going to be 
So, just such a snooze type thing. So it was on literal questions, yeah. inferential questions, critical questions, interpretive questions. And I'm like, they would respond so much better to like an instructional, you know, video, you know, to this. And so I brought you in for that. That was um, fun. Bring Mr. Easton in for your instructional <laughs> video needs. I'm telling you. Because it was so much better. Like it was... They used it, I know, more than once, like when they were creating their own questions for their discussions, because that's what I wanted them to do. I wanted them to create mm -hmm. their own questions. And so they created their own questions based off the video. And like for the kids who were gone, they could just watch the video so I didn't have to explain things, you know, to 12 different people who were gone that day. And so that was huge as well as just, um, you know, looking at the indicators and thinking about how it could be delivered in a different way as well. So. Yeah, that's something that, you know, it was really fun to make that. And we put a bunch of little outtakes yes. that I thought really, really drove that piece. If you want to check it out, it's on, it's on my YouTube page. I'll probably try to put this in the show links. But, uh, but yeah, finding the resources is a big part of that whole personalized process, too. Because the more resources you make available, the more learning styles or preferences you can hit. And you can put some of that ownership on the students, yes, too. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I mean, they, I, I really like that they created the questions. And that's something I'm going to be doing for um, Glass Castle is they're going to be creating their own prompts like to respond to the whole time. Yeah, shout so, out Brian Durst. Yeah, thank Respect you. Respect the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you know how that turns out too. Um, hopefully like it'll be something that maybe they won't start off as strong, you know, but it'll be something that they get better at. So um, yeah, flexible seating, um, goal sheets and um, instructional videos for the you know dryer indicators were probably three things that i tried just from the training um oh and the audio <laughs> i don't know how i could forget that maybe i blocked it out <laughs> but so a lot actually if yeah. i look at those four pieces so but that's just is, for pl this is what's so fun though about our conversations <laughs> is you dabble right you're like well i'm gonna make an audio book and i'm gonna you know produce this video yeah and we're gonna you know you go down these different avenues and so a lot of I've talked about it before, I think, on the podcast, but there comes a point where, for me at least, personalization got to where I was like, ooh, there's this game thing out there. I would love to turn a personalized unit into a game. And as I listen to, you know, like, say, like, Well Played, the Well Played podcast, you should totally check that out. I love Michael Matera and other people who talk about their games. I feel like the games get to a place where they start to take on more personalized elements as far as allowing the students to design the game and, and take the game where it needs to go and, and drive the educational process within that game. And so there certainly is some like crossover there. And I was really appreciative of the opportunity to lead the Games in Education PLC group this year uh, to kind of connect with some of those, those great people that I've learned from, I guess, what the, connect that content with our teachers here at the high school. And so Sarah was in that experience and certainly just dove right in for a semester and tried some things. So kind of talk about, I don't know, how that hits your brain to begin with and, and where you went first. When I think about just that time i mean that was the first we read lord of the flies first um and i mean again this is all new content again this year and so i could have just done the traditional right book unit and i had never read the book before you know i was i knew i was going to teach this class so like the book actually was going to be new you know to me so i could have just said you know nope just this first year you're like what happens to jack and you're like i yeah, I, I, actually I actually don't, don't know. know right that's right <laughs> But I'm like, you know, I, I knew you did the game last year and you had a, a piece that you brought in 
that I liked um, from your game is that you utilize teachers in the building, mm -hmm. uh, like in your videos, um, and they really like that aspect to see like kind of that collaboration. And so I've used, in 1984, I used um, and Brave New World teachers um, in the building acting out um, different roles. So like Miss mm -hmm. um, Gosnell, our librarian, was um, someone from the Ministry of Truth that rationed their chocolate. They weren't a fan of hers. You know, and Miss Shepard, the PE teacher, led the physical jerks, um, and so that was that was a piece that I really liked from your game last year that I've been using all year. Mm -hmm. So the best teachers lie, cheat, and steal. Okay, right. they steal everything. You know, so I was certainly inspired by Paul Dervasi for most of yeah, where I kind of got started with things. So yeah, so that was big. So yeah, with Lord of the Flies and with gamification, I mean, I I saw a natural connection with the game of Survivor. And so they were divided up into bigs and littles, um, and I just organized them by age on Power School. You can do that, so it was, I could see who was the oldest, who was the youngest, and they were in their two tribes. And then they took on these challenges, and if they lost the challenge, they went to tribal council, and they had little mini torches with made out of straws. They made their own torches of straws and fires, and oh, this um, is great. everyone Keep going with was how they get eliminated. Yes, and everyone was. <laughs> always asking me like who got eliminated in the previous class so then I just created a visual where I took their torches I said you know the tribe has spoken and I sprayed them directly in the face in the face with a water bottle <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like and, you know we erupted into applause and so I stapled the torches on the board in the order that they were eliminated mm -hmm. and then we had a final tribal where um, the remaining three people had to pitch to the class why they felt they should be the sole survivor and that was highly entertaining I had the fake fire burning like on the screen um, and all of those things and we had some fun challenges like they had to and this is all related back to the book um, where they had to drop a parachute man close to a target because the guy in a parachute was kind of like a main theme they had to decorate each other's faces kind of in you know tribal paint because that was something that was done in the book and it was Halloween so that was kind of applicable there you go. Um, and then for the prizes I wanted this was something I stole from you too because I remember you had these um, bumper stickers that you wanted to do yeah. and I'm like the prize really should be applicable like to the game like it should be it shouldn't be like a box of hot tamales or something <laughs> right. you know I just if you do that that's fine but and I would like a box of those hot tamales too but the um for this game it was such a like fun like long process that I wanted something really cool and so you had talked about like natural materials at one point I'm like hmm I bet I could have Dave Shaverum at Westside Middle School make me a plaque on his like laser cutter in the ENT department and he like made this logo and um he sanded the wood I should send you a picture to put on there and then he um, made these awesome plaques for my winners of each of my classes and so I felt like that was a super like cool way to you know end the unit but it was it was definitely fun and you know I'll probably I'll definitely be looking at that unit this summer to see how to change it um, you make it better yeah and so you spent you know maybe five minutes right like a class period or so but just yeah. doing activities that connected back to the book that would yeah. kind of put you in scenarios about this face paint, you know, or yeah. whatever. I didn't want the, the challenges story. to last too long. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, there was one day I knew we weren't going to have a lot of time, so the challenge was the people that were left, there was a bunch of red Solo cups, and they were rescued by ship, and whoever lifted up, their, they all lifted the red Solo cup up at the same time. Whoever had the ship won individual immunity. They couldn't be voted out, and we voted. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. like, you could do quick little things like that. It doesn't need to take the entire mod. 
Well, I know Dave Burgess talks about how he doesn't cook his steak, I guess, just like from a cold. You know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to think of the. I'm sure that people listening probably know the quote better than me, but essentially that you should start, like it should sizzle from the second that, that you throw that thing on there. And so yeah. uh, for your class to start, you know, with yeah. these little games um, certainly brings that energy and that anticipation yeah. and gosh, you're showing up to class and all of a sudden you're looking around like, what's it going to be today? Like, yeah. well, why are all these solo cups? Yeah. <laughs> and they, it, yeah, it was building anticipation, like yeah. was huge. And then just the hype around it was big. And I think I'm going to do a wall of fame, you know, mm-hmm. so like I'll have my four Whoever winners up one. with their plaques and that like for next year's group, they'll be like, what, you know, I want. So I'm excited to have that up when they come in. But, I mean, again, it's just not being afraid to experiment. It could have gone horribly wrong, you know, at any point. Um, And, I mean, there are obviously things that I'm going to change about it um, for next year. But, I mean, I definitely encourage you to try. Well, let's say this, too. When students recognize that you were trying to do something that is innovative or extra engaging or fun or whatever the case may be, they're going to be forgiving and help pick up some of the places where it falls through. Yeah. Uh, and so as much as you're like, it could have gone horribly wrong, I don't know if they'll let you, like, or let it go horribly wrong. You know, most of the time they, they do a pretty good job. And, like, even last Friday I did these, you know, with just two of my classes. I'm like, I'm going to try this spider web discussion. And I prefaced it with, I'm, we're going to try something new instead of just our traditional discussion model. I'm like, we'll see how it goes, and we'll do a follow-up on it on Monday. And spiderweb so, discussion where, what's that coming Where like? kids are um, basically in a circle, and I have their pictures, you know, set up like the way that they're organized. Again, move the desks, you know, so that it <laughs> Weird, huh? Designed one place and towards the lesson. Out. There you go. Yeah, and so um, they came with prepared ideas, like on topics I wanted them to kind of think about. And so they all had, you know, ideas and things to share. It wasn't on the spot. Thing. It got that way as the discussion went along. Sure. But I think it's important though, that they yeah. can anticipate some of yeah. the ways in which they can contribute. And so one person would start off with, you know, like a fear um, that was in Brave New World or 1984, and whether or not it was they felt it was valid in today's society. So I just started drawing lines um, from, you know, kid to kid as people chimed in. And so it should look like a spider web. But some students, you know, didn't participate, even though they had their stuff because they don't feel um, comfortable jumping in into like a larger group scenario. And other people talked a lot um but in order to like have a strong web you want the web to be kind of equally distributed um throughout you know the Mm -hmm. students so today we're going to talk about if you talked more you know what could you have done to ensure like a stronger web and if you talked less what could you have done to make sure that you know you your voice was heard those types of things so I think if you do preface like we're just going to try something new I don't know how this is going to go they are very forgiving Mm -hmm. for sure yeah well and I don't know, to kind of put a bow on, I think this first part of the conversation too, is that as you try new things, uh, you find ways to sort of merge that with how you perceive anything moving forward. And so for us as a district, like a personalized learning model, I always say it's like, it's a model and we talk about personalized learning practices. Um, because those do manifest themselves in very different contexts, mm-hmm. lesson to lesson, class to class, grade level to grade, you know, and so mm-hmm. it becomes more so about, let's talk about the, the characteristics of personalized learning and then, yeah, sometime when you find this activity like you did, uh, you know, that conversation is entirely student-led, led, student-driven, um, and so that's certainly a personalized practice, mm-hmm. uh, being able to, to do that, and the seating influenced that conversation too, so you kind of had both of those uh, pieces at work. 
To kind of wrap things up here, I guess one of the last questions I'm going to have for you, this will be a two-parter first, where did you get that idea from? Um, I got it from Twitter. <laughs> um, Michael Matera going here? has yeah. his own YouTube page, um, yeah. and he just puts out, you know, five to six-minute videos of ideas. And, you know, there's a lot of teachers out there that I'm sure, like me, are done with their education. I finished over 10 years ago. And you kind of, I know one of the memes out there is make your own snow. And that's kind of how I think about like professional development. You have to seek it out sometimes yourself. It's not going to come to you. So I get a lot of my professional development now through books, a lot through Twitter these days, and um, a lot through um, you, <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> and like just my colleagues. But I, I need that in order to feel like, I mean, I've got a long way to go, but I'm not going back to school. And so... Mm-hmm in order to get new ideas and to keep things fresh like just keep your ears you know and eyes open and and sometimes you just have to seek it out yourself so yeah last um last thing i i also like ditch that textbook podcast that's a good one it's a it's just a five minutes and i mean there's description so if you know it's not gonna fit your needs then go to another one so that's the one i like and which one what's one that you like uh, really just a well-played podcast and a just a textbook podcast or two that I listen to pretty and, regularly. And then have you talked about the PL slow chat that you've been doing? Oh, yeah. we uh, There's a 20 questions. It's a hashtag 20, uh, 20Q PL, uh, and there's been a slow chat going on there that's been kind of interesting for personalized learning and seeing what community is out there to talk about that as a topic. Uh, but uh, I appreciate yeah you taking the time you know today to chat about this to lead other people because that's it as much as we can get onto Twitter and, and find these resources and learn from all these folks I think that it's equally important uh, when things are going well like they are in your class and in your experience and as people are dabbling and trying with new things uh, that we share those and are intentional about making resources available to other people and yeah. sometimes I think in education we go oh is this kind of braggy or I feel like I don't want uh, and it's hard for us to find avenues to get better if mm-hmm. those resources don't exist. Think about all the people we referenced in this podcast today, right? We're like, thank you, Brian Durst, yes. thank you, Michael Matera, thank you, Paul Durbasi, thank you. And you can just kind of go up, like down the list, you know, Tisha Richmond, we'll throw another one out that came, you know, Skyped in to speak to our uh, our games and education yeah. group. And, you know, you got a chance to get up and share your story in that class. And we all just, we're better together. Oh, um, for sure. When, when there's... When there's an opportunity to really learn from all the, you know, Matt Miller with Ditch That Textbook, um, all these different people. So thanks for being a part of all that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for all of your help. Yeah, no problem. No (laughs) problem. And we'll come, we'll check in next year when you further merge all of these amazing things into tour. That's going to go. I'm excited to see how that plays out. Stay tuned. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.